Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome in to the Dublin and Denver podcast on Mile High Report. Great to be back for another week. Well, it's our second show this week. I am joined by Colin Cronin. My name is Michael McQuill. Stuart is on what we call in Ireland his holly bobs or his holly bobs, his holidays. Uh, he picked a good week to do a column, didn't he? Oh, just amazing weather <laughs> in uh, in Ireland this week. Uh, is there is there a, a better place to be outside of the Mile High City, perhaps, when the sun is shining? I meant he picked a good week to do it in terms of the quarterback decision. Oh. We'll talk about that in a second. But like anybody that listened to our last show, we actually recorded it on Monday, Colin, thinking that it might that that it might have been announced that evening, and I guess it went out, and it wasn't. Were you, before we even talk about the pick, were you surprised at how long it took for Fangio to make his decision and then also make his decision and the way that it was announced? And I personally, man, I I thought it was going to be announced a lot sooner than when it would have been, but maybe I'm just being picky. Um, Well, the rumours had, I I suppose when we recorded this show, everyone kind of knew which way it was headed. Um, I think Vic had said that he wanted to have conversations that he wanted to to talk to the the players individually and and stuff. So um, that was the reason it was delayed. Um, I, I like we, we're gonna get into it with our our guest later on. The re, the reaction to it has been heated to to say the the least. Um, it, it seems like almost a civil war in in Broncos country with um, opposing camps. Um, I personally, I I I don't. I mean, I'm not particularly sold on on either QB. I I we've talked about it before. I was very high on on Drew um, initially. I, I unfortunately. You know, I, I don't think he's taking the leaps we wanted him to see. I, there are there concerns around Teddy? Absolutely. To me, and I keep going back to what I talked about in our first episode, I talked about in the last episode, the process by which we did this is the issue, um, less so than anyone else. We should have made the decision. We should have stuck to that decision. But by having um, a QB competition where Drew Locke um, had, you know, been kind of bigged up all spring and then you brought, bring Teddy in, there, there was there was never going to be anything good coming out of that. I mean, when you look around the the rest of the league and the other, um, I suppose, 
uh, QB competitions, it's it's generally the rookie trying to take it. And, you know, obviously we've seen the Bears and the response there to the news that Andy Dalton is going to start week one. But even that doesn't feel like anything like what we're seeing in, in Broncos country. I really, it, it's not where we want to be uh, at all uh, as, as a, as a fan base, it's, it's, you don't want to see fans at, e- at each other's throats. Um, we, I, I cannot wait till real football <laughs> starts and we are playing the New York football giants on week one. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there, there's a number of different factors there. I think for me, obviously I didn't really say it as hard as true. Teddy Bridgewater. If you haven't, you know, if you've been living offline for the last two days, is the QB one for the Broncos going into the season? Drew Lock QB two, Red Ribbon TBC QB three. Um, for me, I mean, look, this is the eleven quarterback who has started for the Broncos since Peyton Manning, right? Now, that's all I'm going to say on that. I, I'll, I'll talk about the negatives first. I think it's 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 frustrating because. You, I mean, I guess maybe it's a fallacy in my head. I want to see Drew Lock progress. I want to see him have another chance. Do I think he's the answer long-term? I have no idea. I don't think so. Who knows? But I at least want him to have that final opportunity to go, okay, we've exhausted this with Drew. We've done this. It's worked or it hasn't worked. That's fine. But when you've got a quarterback in Drew Lock that had more touchdowns and fewer, fewer interceptions in training camp, than his direct competitor. To me, I just don't think the variables were there in terms of the training camp, the history with the team to make this decision. But I'm not the guy that's getting paid the big paycheck. So that's obviously on Big Banjo. He believes that Teddy Bridgewater is the right person to lead this team. And I'm going to back Teddy Bridgewater because I'm a fan of the team and I'm not going to be annoying about it. Like we, There's no, there's nothing that we can do about this. I hope that that, that is the right decision. And it damn well will be known very quickly because the Broncos let's be quite clear here the Broncos and we can sit here and talk and they've got a very good young offense a good well probably one of the best defenses in the league the Broncos schedule is still difficult and they need a quarterback that's going to be able to facilitate wins let's see if Teddy Bridgewater can do that more so than Drew Locke I you know the thing that surprises me Colin is all this talk from people saying, you know, and in, in, in Denver, whether it's with the media or whatever, describing Vic Fangio being on a like a hot seat in Denver. I just couldn't see. I, I would be stunned if the Broncos fired him mid-season. I, I just don't think the Broncos do that anymore. They haven't done it in so long. I think London was the last time it happened, yeah, where somebody gets sacked mid-season, or if I got that wrong. I mean, <sighs> How many wins do you think Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater is going to get us? I I just can't see there being much difference. I really can't. I really hope I'm I'm wrong. And I I think that we should have maybe went with Drew Locke and just just given that final opportunity because clearly the way that he handled the news shows that he has matured. Well, but if we were going to do that, we should have just made that decision in February and not brought in competition i think as soon as you did that you you indicated that you 
there, there were there were clearly enormous questions. And I don't think a QB competition like training camp and preseason will ever truly answer those. Like, I don't think you can have a truly, truly straight up open competition because it, it's very different to regular season. And, people, you know, a head coach and an OC are always going to have things that they're going to look for. So to me, it, it was a fair, you know, it was an indication that they, they were they weren't happy. So could it have, you know, if they had run it back, fine. If they had made that decision, but they needed to then not take away the half the reps in training camp, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, look, it's, we, we are where we are at, at this point in time. Is, is it where probably any of us would, would want to be? No. I mean, the, 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 the crazy thing is that the Broncos have had three top 10 picks in four years and haven't gone down the QB route, you know, and, and here we are having yet another conversation. Um, I, I remember um, when we spoke, Michael, to uh, Lindsay Jones last year, and, and she said what she had loved about la- last summer, despite all the COVID stuff, was there was no Broncos QB controversy. It was it was Drew Locke, and that, that was it. And a year later, that's not the case. We are two weeks away as we sit and record this tonight. We are two weeks away from the opening game of the season, two weeks and a couple of days from the Broncos opening game. And all anyone is talking about right now is the quarterback situation. It feels like a lot of the the, the excitement is is gone. And I, I think that's a shame, um, you know, because no, no matter who starts QB, we have not seen the Broncos play competitive football since last year. And, and that should be, you know, where, where we want to, to focus. And I get it. I get why fans are uh, upset. Um, but I really hope uh, that we can get to a point um, where we are not focused solely on the QB because it feels like Groundhog Day for the last five years. It, it, it really does. It feels like we're paying a, a huge price for, for that night in Santa Clara five, six years ago. I actually feel like I'm venting here and I, I don't mean to come across in a negative way. And, and anybody, and I'm sure Colm as well, anybody that's listening to us, like, you know, it's great that we've made a decision in the sense of I'll get behind whoever's playing a quarterback. It doesn't matter. It's fantastic for Teddy Bridgewater. It's a guy that's played in the league previously. He's got good experience. He's the first black week one quarterback in the Broncos history. That's fantastic to see. I'm going to root for him. I know myself, Colin and Stuart will root for him. And I guess, Colin, mentally, I have to put this behind me now. And, and I hope that our, that our coach in Vic Fangio, who has, you know, inherited slash helped to develop, uh, you know, th- 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 there are no excuses now. And we'll, we'll talk about this in the next show because we, we'll, we'll, we'll bring our, because that, that'll give us something to talk about next week before it starts. Because there really are no excuses. This defense, this offense, a productive quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. This team should be, should be challenging. And there, that is the be all and end all as far as I'm concerned. And as long as that happens, then Van Drew's made the right call. If it doesn't happen, he hasn't made the right call. And then we'll discuss that when it comes to it. But um, talking about maybe, discussing things Colin do you want to maybe introduce our, our guest this week 
our our guest this week is a man who in fairness has been incredibly supportive of us since we kind of uh started out talking about the broncos my god michael it's coming up on six years can can you can you believe that um but he has he was a I suppose, uh, a regular contributor and, and a good friend um, all, all along the way. And we are delighted to welcome him um, as the first guest on the Dublin to Denver podcast. And that is Michael Spencer from CBS. We've been doing this podcast on the Mal High Report podcast network for, I think, three weeks now. We're delighted to welcome our first guest into the show, a guy that we've spoke to a number of times that I would say a friend of the show, even though it's his first time on the Dublin, the Denver podcast on my high report, CBS4, CBS Denver's Michael Spencer. Michael, uh, good evening. Good morning to you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm honored to be the first guest on the show. Uh, always a privilege. Anytime you guys call, I always try to answer. And uh, so honored to be joining you guys. And it's crazy we're sitting here and we're just now weeks away from the start of football season. Thank goodness. Let's get it here and let's get rolling. Well, Column, this day, two weeks, me and you will be getting the coffee out and it's going to be a late night watching Doc Prescott throw four picks, isn't it? Against the post. <laughs> yeah. Two, two weeks until real football um, and re- real football, which we can probably all do with Michael because um, certainly from this side of the Atlantic, it seems that there's a civil war in Broncos country uh, right now. <laughs> is is that just watching it from here on social media? What's the feeling on the ground in Denver? Because certainly the last uh, look, it's been building, but it like it was Mount Vesuvius exploding. It seemed when the decision was made yesterday. Yeah, civil war is an interesting way to put it. I think that's probably an accurate way to put it. There was certainly a divisive line between. Team Drew, which seemed like it was the majority of the fan base, and then Team Teddy, uh, which didn't seem like it had a lot of members, to be honest. Um, I think that it was interesting to watch, guys, over the last couple of months, how Broncos country went from, oh, yeah, we'll take Aaron Rodgers and throw Drew Locke right out the window. Oh, why didn't they draft Justin Fields? We'll throw Drew Locke right out the window. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Teddy Bridgewater? No, Drew Locke is our guy. He has been our guy forever. And I'm like, what a, where did this all of a sudden come from? Uh, so, no, definitely an interesting dynamic. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter now. I think the thing for, for Broncos country is as long as he wins, that's all anybody wants. That's all anybody is going to care about. If, if Teddy comes out, they beat the Giants in week one. Then they go to Jacksonville. They beat the Jags in week two. Then everybody's going to forget about all of this drama, but yeah, it has absolutely been a divisive line and it's been really, really interesting to watch. But I think the bottom line is if you win football games, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback Broncos country will eventually get behind that guy. And I think that I liked the the decision. Um, I kind of felt like it was going in that direction. What stinks for Drew. And I think what's, what's difficult for people to wrap their heads around is it's not like Drew did anything wrong. Right. It's not like he threw five interceptions. If that were the case, I think people would totally understand why the Broncos made this decision. But I think Vic Fangio made it knowing that his his seat right now is pretty warm and it will get really hot if they don't play well in September, which they have not done during his two years here in Denver. And so he he went with the the guy who's not the sexy pick. Um, but the guy who he feels like is going to give them the best chance to win games and maybe more importantly, 
not lose games for them. I think that's what this decision came down to. Uh, yeah, Michael, you're, you're you're completely spot on there. That start to the season is is huge. A Giants game, the Jaguars game. You know, seeing a lot of talk about Trevor Lawrence coming out on Twitter here at the minute and stuff, and maybe the performance he's currently at in training camp. The Jets, the Ravens. Uh, if we don't get off to a good start, it it is going to be interesting, and I I obviously think we'll, that we'll go four and zero. But it was great to see yesterday, Michael. At least Drew Locke having the professionalism and the manners to to actually stand up and, and, and I guess praise Teddy Bridgewater and, and put his support behind him as well. I love the way that Drew Locke handled everything that happened yesterday, um, not only from a football perspective, but from a, a human being and a, and a man perspective, if you will. I think it took a lot of guts to stand up there and say, hey, yeah, look, of course I'm disappointed, right? Who wouldn't be disappointed? I mean, I think everybody can relate to a situation where, you basically were interviewing for a job and didn't get it. And I think that that resonates with people. So I think there's certainly disappointment there. But I think for Drew to sit there and say, hey, look, I felt like I was doing some things right. Now I have an opportunity to learn from Teddy. I think that that is huge. And I think that you heard from Vic Fangio. You heard from Teddy. You heard from Garrett Bowles. You heard from Pat Shermer. This is not the end of Drew Locke's time as a quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I certainly don't think that that's the case. I think that Drew can learn from this. I think that he can take what happened in this competition, know that he grew, that he got better as a quarterback, and know that he still has some ways to go. And so I love the way that he handled himself. I think that in the past, in quarterback competitions, you have seen other guys really fall down or go into their shell. And I didn't win the competition, so this is stupid. I'm out. They check out mentally. It doesn't sound like Drew is going to do that. And I think that that's best case for him. And I think that that's best case for the Broncos too. And guys, let's be honest. We've all watched Broncos football over the last couple of years. There's only been one year since 2015 after they won the Super Bowl. Only one time have they made it through the season with one starting quarterback. And that was 2018 and Case Keenum. The track record shows that they are going to need Drew Locke this season at some point knock on wood I hope that's not the case I think Broncos country would be ecstatic if Teddy Bridgewater came in stayed healthy and led the Broncos to a really good season but the the history tells us that they are going to need Drew Locke to play well so he needs to present and continue to do the things that he says he is going to do and if he does that I think he's going to be in a really good spot moving forward for the rest of his career and for this season to come. Michael, you you said it, um, winning cures all ills, and I think that's definitely the case. I I go back, um, and I don't even know if if, if Michael was born at this point, but back in <laughs> August 1995, right? Manchester United had to, had changed their team. They sold three of their biggest stars. Fans were almost in mutiny. There was a civil war amongst Manchester United fans. They played Aston Villa at the start of the season, had an awful beginning. And Alan Hansen, a pundit over here, famously went on television and said, you can't win anything with kids. When Manchester United finished that season winning the Premier League, I don't think the Broncos are winning the Super Bowl, but I am interested in hearing how the other youngsters have been looking in, uh, in training camp and, and during the preseason. Guys, I think Jerry Judy is the one that stands out when you're talking about young guys and how they are performing. I think he can be the quarterback's best friend, you know, and I think that if you're Teddy Bridgewater, the more you can get the ball to number 10 and let him go to work, I think that is going to benefit him. The other young guy that, that I think could stand out and could have a big role in this offense 
is Javante Williams, the first round, or excuse me, second round pick out of North Carolina. I think he and that running game could be really, really good for this Broncos team. On defense, I think you're, Pat's are Tam a second. I mean, you're running out of adjectives, and it's only the preseason to describe how well this guy is playing. They are going to put him in so many different positions, and he is going to be prepared for all of them. He has impressed everybody in that building, and you've heard that from players. I mean, Von Miller pours on the praise for Pat Sutan the second every time he gets the opportunity, and that is not fake. That is absolutely real. And then you heard Champ Bailey come out the other day and say, people say he reminds me of me or reminds them of me. Hell, he reminds me of me, you know? And, like, how? I mean, that Champ's not blowing smoke at this point, right? And so I think that what this team has done over the last couple of years in the draft, they have set themselves up to be very successful. And I feel like Teddy has the pieces around him to be successful. Call him on with you. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, right? Let's be realistic. The AFC West still goes through Kansas City at this point. But they have set themselves up to get back to a winning season. And when you're looking at a team that has won five or six games over the last couple of years, a winning season is something because you're doubling your win total. That doesn't come easy. In the NFL, I think this team can get to nine wins. I think 10 might be a stretch, but I think that you're heading for and you have all the recipes for uh, a really good season. And it starts with some of those young guys and then the offensive line, too. I think that Lloyd Cushenberry is ready to take a step forward. I think that Dalton Reisner can have a better year uh, this year than he did in, in 2020. And so I think the young guys are going to play a big, big factor into what happens with this football team moving forward. I'm going to ask you a question you probably you don't want me to ask. You've mentioned it there around <laughs> nine or ten wins. Uh, this is the great thing about being on this podcast now because I can actually ask this. Um, how many wins do you think it would take or what potential strategy do you think it'll take for big fans to be there next year? I know we haven't even had a down yet of the season, but do you think something like a wild card berth, uh, the first, I guess, playoff appearance in five years, that's what it might take? Or do you think he's really on the hot seat in terms of maybe a bit more than that? Or... What's your thoughts? I think a lot of it depends on how they start, right? And if they if they do anything less than two and one in their first three games, that seat goes from warm to hot really quickly. If they're sitting here at one and two and they've somehow managed to stub their toe out of the gate yet again. Um, and then as far as the season expectations, guys, I think we got to be realistic, right? And, and if you're Vic Fangio, I think nine wins – I think eight probably gets you out the door, but I think nine is a keeper, even if you're not in playoff contention. I think it's going to be difficult for this team to make the playoffs, but I think nine wins probably keeps his job. It's got to be a, a winning record. And nine wins, shoot, you're nearly doubling your win total from a season ago, which is not easy to do in this league. But if they stumble out of the gates, it's going to be really tough for him to keep his job. Um, maybe... I hate to say that they would fire him during the course of the year. Obviously, we'll wait and see kind of how that goes. But if they start slow, there is going to be a lot of rumblings, and that seat is going to be in fuego um, if they get off to another slow start in September. Yeah, and of course, he is not um, the guy George Payton hired. So if he gets off to a, a slow start, yeah, we'll have to see. One of the things, Michael, that um, – I suppose has been notable to me uh, outside of the Broncos, but related to the Broncos, the chargers at this point of the off season, usually have a ton of injuries. That is not the case this year. Yep. 
Um, has, has bringing Brandon uh, Staley in uh, been the, the four-leaf clover that they needed? And how worried should Broncos country be that the AFC West might have, um, you know, an, another challenger to the, uh, to the Chiefs? Yeah, when I look at the AFC West, I go Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, right, as my, my kind of prediction, if you will. I think, Colin, you make a really good point. I think the Chargers have some issues, especially on defense. But if Justin Herbert can take another step forward entering year two, they're going to be really, really good. And so I think that that, that those games against the Chargers are going to be really important because I think you at least got a split there because I don't know that you're ready to beat Kansas City just yet. Um, if you get a split with Kansas City, that's great. But I think that three to four wins in the division – is going to be really difficult to come by for this Broncos team. So uh, I think the Chargers probably are my second pick in the AFC West right now. Um, but but I, they do have some questions. Even though they don't have the injuries, they do have some questions on that defense, uh, especially up front, uh, where I feel like Denver could maybe take advantage of some things. But I think it goes Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, at least as of now. And then we'll see what happens uh, when they actually kick off the season. Time to kick off the season. Final preseason game this weekend at the well, the very sociable hour of five past two in the morning. Who thought that was a good <laughs> idea for us? Uh, here, Michael, the Broncos on the field in the preseason, like playing lights out. You know, just two and zero. Oh, it's all going good. But I think, I think, Colin, you, you said last week, who went four and zero oh in the preseason in twenty fifteen or right? The infamous, infamously, the, the Lions, sixteen Lions went four and zero. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> so maybe the Bron- maybe the Broncos should throw it on Saturday and lose the game on purpose. <laughs> Do you like you know obviously working in Denver in sports, but even just for just being interested in the NFL in general, is is there anything that stands out to you for that game on Saturday? You know that last opportunity. Obviously, that quarterback situation has been sorted now. But is there anything that sticks out to you going into this last game that you'd like to see rectified? Well, I think I, I think you'd like to see Bobby Massey kind of lock down that right tackle spot, right? That's his job to lose right now. Um, and so you, you want to see if he can shore that up, uh, which I think that he probably will, depending upon how much he plays. Um, and then I think I, I want to see Cortland Sutton and Vaughn Miller, right? First time we're going to see those guys in game action in a really long time for Vaughn, more than a year. And so I think that's an interesting spot. And then obviously some special teams guys, right? Uh, Jamar Johnson, I think, where does he kind of end up on this roster? A guy on the defensive side that I'm looking at, uh, Quinn Miners. I want to see him and how he plays because I think he's got an opportunity uh, to solidify himself as a backup. I think obviously he's going to make the roster, um, but, but can he take some steps forward and show you some things? Same thing with Mantani Muti. I think those guys, I think they're probably on the roster, but can they continue to take steps forward? Because who knows? when they will be forced into game action or when we will see them again uh, in game action. So now that the quarterback spots been solidified, we know Teddy's going to be the starter in week one. The eyes kind of get to go somewhere else for a little bit, uh, which will be nice. And so I'll be interested to see maybe in the first half. And then I think in the second half, you can probably check out uh, just a little bit, guys. So don't worry. It's an early start, but you don't have to make it through the whole game is, uh, is what I'm saying. I know the schedule makers didn't do you any favors. No, they, they didn't, though, the regular season, obviously, without those primetime slots, uh, we'd, like to, we'd like to see those back. But one of the other stories, um, Michael, in the last couple of days, um, 
Oscar Wilde, uh, in The Importance of Being Earnest, famously said, uh, to lose one parent is unfortunate, to lose both it seems like carelessness. Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb versus Garrett Bowles. <laughs> round one, that's unfortunate, but for it to go to round two, uh, should we be worried? Do they need to have these guys have a rock, paper, scissors contest, maybe a one-on-one basketball? How do they get fix this? Yeah, rock, paper, scissors might be safer than one-on-one basketball, given what we've seen in, in one-on-one football. Um, I'm not terribly concerned about it because they are on opposite sides of the ball. I think that at this point, they're not going out to dinner together, uh, but they're not going up against one another and practice as much either. So I think that will help. I think that it's at this point, we know who the quarterback is going to be. So now we've got to look for other storylines and maybe we're blowing it out a little bit out of proportion. Again, you don't need guys to be best friends, right? Especially on, on a football team. You don't have to have that in order to be successful. And especially when those guys are on the other side of the football and one on offense and, and one on defense, you would like for them to get along a little bit more. Uh, but I think that you're talking about two guys who, run a little hot at times, uh, bowls maybe more so than, than Chubb. Um, and so I, I'm not terribly concerned about this. And again, winning is going to cure all, right? And once, we get, once they get the opportunity to hit some other guys and they're not going up against each other in practice as much like they are during training camp, I think all will be said and done. But I wouldn't expect to see them holding hands walking into the stadium for week one. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The whole no late night games is incredible. Like every game is at like <laughs> nine o'clock or six o'clock. The Browns game's late, but like I mean, it'll be okay. Michael. Um, that's that's what, early Friday morning for you? It'll be all right. It's, it's the weekend. Yeah, you know, it, it's fine. fine. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, like it's, it's, it, it is refreshing, you know, not, not to be on it. I don't know, call them what, 4 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, week one. I mean, that would be. Well, we won certainly. No, give me, give me when we're on prime time. I want four or five. Back, back to those Halston, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, back on the <laughs> April the twenty fourth when we all yeah. thought we. I, I don't know, uh, Michael. As a obviously, it's been a pleasure having you on here. But as a Texas native, we'll, we'll have to bring you back on for the Cowboys week. If if you're up for it, we'll you know have to have a little I'm chat. Down. But... I'm down. I didn't want to say anything when he first started throwing shade at Dak to start the uh, podcast here. I let that go. But yeah, you want to have me back on Cowboys weekend. I'm down, guys. Yes, sir. Uh, look, it's 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 a pleasure, Michael. And uh, anybody wants to check out Michael Spencer on Twitter. It's at MichaelCBS4. Michael, yeah? Yep, yep. At MichaelCBS4. Michael Spencer, CBS Denver. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you. You guys are the best. Thanks so much for having me on.